0: We're doing the popcast. Hey
1: there, boy. Ooh, we
0: Ooh. it is. <laughs> Let me uh, check and make sure we're all we're all good. Sam's not here to take care of us. Producer Sam. Shout out Dude, to producer sam
1: He's like Has he always worked work for you or what?
0: Nah, he doesn't work for me. He just Helps edits out. and Yeah. 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 And like he and I work together pretty heavily in the in the film business. So he's just he's around and he's one of my best friends, if not my best friend. And so we we hang and we do these and He likes he likes listening to him. I
1: think he enjoys enjoys it, dude. It's always dope to work with your best friends. Like at that point, it's really not work. You're just hanging out.
0: I know. And he's a five time Grammy Award winner. What? Yeah. It's stupid. That's crazy. I know. I think we're like. I think we're good. I'm gonna keep checking on it. We oh, got go those. We yes, got sir. that.
1: We got yes, We got it all. We got all the party favors. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> dude, it's so good to see you, man. Dude, pleasure seeing you, man. It's so, been a minute. Dude, it's been a hot minute.
0: I know you came over not too long ago. Well, it was a <laughs> long time ago. Actually, it was pre-COVID last yeah. time you were here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely definitely pre-COVID for right. sure.
0: Uh, I think a lot has happened for you since then.
1: Oh, tons! <laughs> Enough to write a book, pretty much right now. <laughs> In a good way, though. So, <laughs> uh, the
0: the question I've been like wondering about because I'm such good friends with your brother, and I think he's such a prolific artist.
1: Absolutely. Like,
0: has has being around him inspired you? Has there been a shadow? Like, what what's that been like being an artist yourself? Now.
1: I mean, he's been one of my main motivations, um, me pursuing what I'm doing right now. And also my wife and especially my mom. I remember them always telling me to find something that you're passionate about and go after it. Put 110% in it every single day. Some days are good. Some days are bad. So I basically embraced, you know making the leap to pursue a passion, which is being a freelance photographer. So, (laughs) yeah.
0: So the freelance game is definitely hard. Absolutely. And I know you through your brother, Curtis, (laughs) who is, who is someone who to me has somewhat kind of exemplified that model, but also taken a craft and, and an art and something mm-hmm. that they love and somehow figured a way to build a business around it. Mm-hmm. And is that something, or not just a business, but but taking a passion and, and being able to live off of it. And is that something that like your parents instilled in you? I mean, you said your mom was a, was a big motivator for you, but is is that just like, is that the, is that the Glover blood right there?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I guess like, you know, I, I worked a lot of odd jobs and I got to the point where I wasn't doing anything with my life. And I really sat myself down, had a heart to heart conversation with myself saying, Hey, Austin, you need to figure out something to do that you actually enjoy doing instead of working dead-end jobs for the rest of your life i just i just can't live that way so you know basically when the pandemic happened i you know sat myself down and said shit i gotta find something that i enjoy doing and i just always been interested in photography uh videos stuff like that so i was like man i gotta find a way to basically pursue that and also you know Try to make a little bit of money <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so. what was your first move when you when you decided you wanted to do that was it buy a camera was it build a website what was the what was the thing that like was your first action item when you decided that this was the play for you
1: so the first thing i bought was obviously you know a camera and then slowly upgraded everything you know computer lenses and things like that but I it, it's funny I still remember my very first photography uh gig that I got
0: like your first paying yes gig?
1: first paying job what was it so it was one of my co-workers uh I worked with and she wanted photos with her and her fiance and I said okay I think I can do this and decided to tell him hey come out to this location and we'll shoot some photos well come to find out I had no clue what the hell I was doing at really? all. See, I mean I knew a little bit and made the best of the situation and they they enjoyed the pictures, they liked them, they you know, gave them to their family and things like that and appreciate you know me coming out there. But the one thing that I will always remember is that transaction and the feeling of oh shit, I got paid to do this just now.
0: You just became a professional the second they paid you.
1: (laughs) I was like, yeah, I was like, wait, so I'm a professional now? Like, (laughs) I was just just trying to figure this out because obviously it was my first gig. I was nervous and things like that. I even had my, uh, she was my fiance at the time, but now my wife, obviously she came and helped me because, you know, I wanted her to, you know, be there. We needed assistance for something. And she, uh. Helped me out and everything for the most part. So, and then I just shot the photos for him. So.
0: <laughs> when was that?
1: Oh gosh, that was 2000. It was before the pandemic. Yeah. Like so 2019. 19. Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: That was about the, well, I guess I started this podcast in 2020. Mm-hmm. So when you and I first met, it was probably shortly after that. So yeah, you had absolutely. been, you were kind of in the, in the groove. I'm still trying to
1: figure it out, to be honest, yeah. during that time. So, you know, after, after 2020, I just went, you know, full steam ahead with it and haven't stopped since. So what was
0: the thing that kind of pushed you into that? Because I don't know, man, I'm, I've got daughters. They come to me and tell me they want to go to art school in a few years. I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to say. Like, I, I or, or tell me that they want to be filmmakers or photographers. I mean, the the market is so saturated mm-hmm. with with that kind of thing because technology yeah. has has made it easy to make good stuff, and AI is making that even Dude, harder. That's what's
1: crazy right now. Is I know all AI stuff.
0: I know. And and to like go on a bit of a tangent here. <laughs> go I for I it. I had somebody I'm ready for it, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> I had somebody who came to me the other day and showed me some of their artwork, mm-hmm. and one of the owners of Lock and Key looked at their artwork and then prompted AI to make the exact same piece of art that someone had made yeah. a couple of years ago, and it was so damn close to the same thing. And so, I know that that wasn't around when you made your decision to to get into the business, but but what was it like? What was the what was the piece of artistry or piece of business that kind of made you decide that that this is a route that you thought could be viable
1: um just all the stuff that i see on social media you know photos videos and things like that you thought you could do that yeah, or better absolutely i mean i think i thought i could you know do it and do a decent job and you know if i stuck with it I'd only get better and better and better. So it's it's just like you know anything else. The more time you put in, the bigger the reward is. So mm-hmm. was it a learning curve for you? Absolutely. Or did,
0: did you have any? Did you have <laughs> any ideas growing up that you thought this was going to be the the no. thing? No. <laughs> Not just, at all. You just kind of stumbled <laughs> across it and said, "I think I can do this. I'm going to yeah. try to
1: do this," and yeah. then you went for it. Pretty much, yeah.
0: Did you go to YouTube University and figure out how Bro, to?
1: I, that's what, people ask me from time to time. They're like, "Austin, where'd you go to college at?" I'm like, "University of YouTube, baby." Well, dude, how old are you? <laughs> I'll be I'll be 35 tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday, yeah. my man! <laughs> Get <getting> old, dude. <laughs> but see,
0: that's that's crazy to me that that people in their 30s who are close to my age mm-hmm. are using YouTube and other other learning assets that are out yeah. there to them that are based on the internet to make a legitimate career.
1: I mean, I mean why not? It's free. Yeah. The, the, I mean, how would you not use a free like resource in order to progress and, and get better? I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's a no brainer to me, absolutely. but I think for For people our age, because we're kind of on the cusp of like millennial, Gen Z, or Mm -hmm. you are anyway, you're closer than I am for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Like that was not a thing that was available to us. It was not something that we grew up with. The idea of getting any kind of practical
1: knowledge outside of higher education. I I was always around technology and I always loved technology ever since I was in high school. Really? Yeah.
0: When was the first cell phone you
1: owned? I owned a... Oh, man. <sighs> I'm having to dig deep for this one. I feel uh,
0: like it's a bit of a gatekeeper because, some, or, or a bit of a like.
1: So it, uh, it was one of those phones where you played Snake on. It didn't have, uh, you know, it wasn't a flip up yeah. phone. You just right. hit the.
0: The Nokia.
1: Nokia. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 That's what when it was. did you have
0: that? Were you. Man, in, when I was in, in high school.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was in like, right. f- like 15, 16. Okay.
0: That's a little different than kind of what I expected because so many. I mean, I know plenty of folks who who put a cell phone in the hands of their middle schooler. I and, see it every day, dude.
1: It's, you do? It's, it's bonkers.
0: And cell phones now are way different than they were when we were playing Absolutely. Snake on a Nokia. Mm-hmm. There's so much more information available, but it, 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 it was a tool that was like, keep in touch with your parents
1: or that's why they that's why they gave me one at really such young age just to call them yeah you know say hey i'm over here or i'm doing this they just wanted to know where i was at so right
0: but it's a (laughs) a little bit of a way that i that i almost define generations and i think a lot of people (laughs) define generations is because we're the last generation Mm -hmm. it being in our mid-30s and i'm in my late 30s now of of people that remember growing up without that without an entire universe of information at their fingertips and and that to me is a bit of like almost a defining generation a defining generational uh demarcation point a little bit like not not having that with you 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 kind of i don't want to be the old man but you kind of had the you kind of had to work your way around and for, like f- figure things out for yourself. Yeah, I,
1: I remember having to look up, you know, phone numbers in a phone book. And when I was a little kid growing up, you know, back in Texas, we play outside all day long. We didn't have to tell mom or dad where we we're at; they just knew where we were. And we'd come home for dinner when the streetlights came on.
0: Mm-hmm. That that
1: was our cue to hey, get your ass home. And and if
0: ten minutes after the streetlights weren't on or were on and they didn't see you, they would come find you. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> now we're panicking, you know, if if, if if our kids are, you know, away for a few minutes or whatever, but it is a little bit of a testament. And and I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that you didn't grow up with technology in your hand. You didn't grow up with a camera in your hand. Like uh, my kids all. are growing up. I found a video on my phone Minutes ago, that my daughter snuck, like found my phone, pressed the video button, and recorded a video for me. And yeah. it was super sweet.
1: Yeah, kids and are I, doing it now.
0: And I loved it. But that was not even a, that was not even like a, I don't know, a, a medium photography and, and video that I was even subjected to. Because the the barrier to entry was so expensive, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't really get the ability to record something until I went to film school, and when I was you know in my <laughs> early twenties, you know,
1: dude, it's funny. My mom still gives me pictures of me being a little kid. You know the pictures that you you know you took a picture of it, and then you had to go and print it. I still have those pictures. It's from like 93, 94, yeah. 95. It probably so has hard, the so timestamp in the, the bottom stamp corner. And everything on there, dude. <laughs> and I just look at it. It's so nostalgic and everything. It's it, it's so cool to have. And the fact that she still keeps all this stuff and now she gives it to me. And it, it's pretty cool. I always remember, you know, Christmas and things like that. My <laughs> My dad would have that goofy camera on his shoulder yeah just recording us opening up presents or yeah. doing whatever. a gigantic yeah. vhs tape
0: <laughs> with an even bigger computer
1: yeah. uh, on their shoulder oh man he loved that thing though oh god I, bless him i yeah. bet yeah yeah your
0: dad passed right
1: yeah he, pa- he passed 2016 so yeah were you he, guys close absolutely e- everyone always called me uh lj uh which is little jack because i look so much like my dad your dad's name was jack yeah so oh, that's Jack. awesome. Curtis yeah, never yeah. told me that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was running his running is Jack and uh I embrace it, you know, all day, every day. And he's he's probably the top person that made me decide the route that I'm going right now. Really? Absolutely. Why? Yeah. Why? What did he what did he do that, that he gave so that enabled you to just all the conversations that I had with him being a little kid, because obviously, you know, Curtis played baseball a lot. And and he, he went played, to college for yeah it, he played right? college baseball and i played baseball a lot too and i remember conversations of you know hey it's okay you know you'll get them next time and, and things like that he was really really supportive of everything that i that i did and it would kind of let's see how, how can i put this i could sense when i got older that he wanted me to find something that I enjoy doing and, and go after it. Because during the time, you know, when 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 he was sick and things like that, I was working just shitty dead end jobs and you know, he would, you know, not get on me but motivate me to say, Hey, you need to figure something out and go after it. So that's the reason why I'm so gun ho and I'm so workaholic at what I do right now. So <laughs> A, a little gift your dad gave you. Yeah. So was, he, he's al, he's always with me. He's always a part of me. And uh, you know, hopefully he's looking down saying, you know, proud of you, son. So you guys grew up in Texas? Yeah. Or at least yeah, partially? Yeah, yeah Dallas, Dallas, and Houston. Okay. So
0: So how did the whole Glover clan end up here?
1: So all our family's from here, like my grandparents, cousins, uh, uncles, and things like that. And and my dad Always, always wanted to make it back to Knoxville because that was home, and that's where Mom wanted to, you know, go back to and everything. Because we would, we would go to football games. Uh, let's see, in the early nineties, fly fly out from Texas and go to the UT games, and then we lived in North Carolina also, and then we would drive and go to games from there too. So, so the
0: whole family's from here, or yeah. So, what brought you guys to Texas? curtis told me this once but it's been a long time
1: uh it was dad's job so he they before before i was born he worked in charlotte for a while for uh a bank it was called nation's bank at the time and then after that he moved to either i can't remember if it was dallas first or houston first one one of the two and then he worked for uh bank america for about 25 years so
0: so that was the dallas connection yeah
1: yeah, so and then what just, brought
0: what brought you guys back here? Just the the yearning to get yeah, back home, absolutely. Is your mom's family from here? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, everyone. Where'd they meet? They met they met in college, so at UT. The real UT. The real UT. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then had to go sniff out what the other one was all about <laughs> down there for a minute, or at least from
1: like. Well, from- I'm a diehard dude. I'm a diehard Texas fan out at heart a little bit but I'm not gonna hold I, it against you but it's funny my, me and my wife talked about this earlier she said this year you gotta make a decision on which UT you're gonna root for
0: you're wearing a University of
1: Tennessee hat right yeah, now so, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start with that yeah <laughs> so Honestly, you know my pick. So, but I still rep rep my Texas gear every once in a while. Yeah. Well, they're going
0: to join the SEC soon, so we're going to. I'm excited. They're going to be around. That 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 ugly orange is going
1: to be around. (laughs) That burnt orange. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I wear my Texas stuff out, I'll sometimes like uh, take off my UT orange, and then Texas will play, and I'll put that shirt on, and then somehow I end up going out with the burnt orange, and everyone just gives me shit for it. They're like you're not wearing the real ut i mean
0: man it's easy to it's easy to tell the difference you know
1: at least i blend in a little bit i'm not wearing like you know crimson tie colors or lsu colors yeah so at least i at least i can blend in a tad bit it's the right family at least it's a different shade
0: yeah so so the the you know we did we didn't have cameras growing up so what was the thing other than social media that kind of drew you to capture or the the ability to capture moments or the or even the yearning to capture uh to capture things on a on a you know I mean I guess I'll say a sensor because that's what we're dealing with at this point is is Pretty a much. digital sensor like yeah, yeah. what was the was there a necessarily a or, or was there specifically a a thing that made you want to do it, or was there a moment where you were like, Man, I've 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 gotta I've gotta do this?
1: I was always big into magazines. I always bought magazines. Hmm. So flip it through there. Which ones? So I would, you know, Sports Illustrated, the car magazines, uh, let's see, paintball magazines, just a variety of stuff. Uh Mad TV mag- magazine, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I When they I had do. a had those, a magazine, I remember those. Those, dude. those were so much back fun. in the heyday. The bazooka gum and yeah. all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so you kind of saw this imagery kind of happen in a in a print mm-hmm. medium. Yeah, and you i don't know did you study it did you look at it and i just thought it was cool as shit really (laughs) yeah what was it was it like the resolution of it was it the
1: fact that it captured a moment in time like yeah i I mean i mean what you just said just capturing a moment in time i just thought was so cool like especially like you know the, the sports illustrated magazines of all the baseball players and things like that and football players you know someone throwing a touchdown or someone hitting a home run or a celebration, things like that. I just always thought that shit was so cool. It's always been
0: fascinating to me. And I am a huge (sighs) proponent of moving pictures. Like obviously I've built, I've built my career around it and I think that they're so poignant and there's such an, in such a, a differentiating way that moving pictures can tell stories. Absolutely, And I don't think there's enough of a, of an appreciation of yeah. what a still image can do in a completely different way yeah it it's a different method of storytelling and people like to group them together because now you have cameras that can do both things yeah. you have a you know ever since the canon 5d came out in the late aughts the two 2000- thousand ago Yeah. I mean, it's 15 years ago now, a camera that you could just flip a button and then now you can make moving pictures with it. Mm -hmm. People started to really blend those two methods of storytelling or those methods of, of, of emotional expression together. But I feel like they're still so much different. And, and what gives me, what gives me respect for, for this, for the still photography for for the still photography method of, of storytelling is when I try to pick up a camera and tell a story with a still photography camera. It's such a different mindset. It's such a different and, and, and way a different,
1: and different perspective too. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. <laughs> I mean how how so? It's just you know like you have video like you know we talked earlier off air talked about like video. Is a totally different ball game, but when when you take a photo, it captures that moment exactly what's going on. Like, especially when I shoot concerts and things like that. Like when I edit these photos and and look at them, I'm like, damn, this is a really good picture because you know the lead singers, you know, just has emotion written all over his face. So I almost
0: feel like and I and I'm not trying to talk down to my own like art form that I use and I hold very dear, which is motion Absolutely. motion picture storytelling. But I I I feel like maybe the thing that differentiates the two of them the most is that your imagination is is left with the burden of storytelling mm-hmm. when you take a still photo. You have when you take a still photo and you look at a still photo. You're looking at it and you are seeing what immediately strikes you, or you're feeling the emotion that immediately strikes you, but then you are welcome to then tell the rest of the story with your imagination and with, with motion picture capture, you're seeing 24 frames every single second. You're seeing 24 still photography frames every single second, and you're not necessarily engaging your mind in a way that is imaginative but rather you're being kind of force-fed the story that was meant to be told and as I as I dig in and and as I study both of those mediums more both the motion the the motion part of it and the moving picture part of it and the or, and the Still photography, part of it, like I'm, I'm really starting to cozy up to the still photography, uh, f- uh, medium of telling stories because I, I just think that it leaves us alone a little bit more, yeah, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't force us to feel a certain way, but rather leaves us to, in to interpret, and I'm not sure that 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 that's not like a a thing that are that we need, that our brains need. Like I, I really, f- or I, I feel like our brains kind of want to think on their own, Absolutely. and not being, not be forced into a certain story that a filmmaker wanted us to tell. And so, I've, I've always, and I don't mean this in, I, I don't mean to sound elitist or anything like that, but I've always felt like the filmmaking practice was harder than the still photography practice. I've always thought yeah. that it was harder to capture emotion I agree. in motions in in motion pictures more so than it was in, in, in a, in a still image. But I'm, I'm coming around to the fact that maybe still photography is more powerful and telling a story in one static image is more powerful than force feeding a narrative to someone and i i am reckoning with that as i realize (laughs) that i've led my career into into the motion picture medium and i don't and i no longer have that elitist mentality about it where you know uh a filmmaker can make a still image. That's good. I've always thought that I've always yeah. thought that if you could make film, you can make a good still image. And I don't think that anymore. No. And that's been recent for me <laughs> since I've observed, uh, you know, concert photography and other types of photography and, and studied it ultimately and seen that, that it's, it's, it's apples to oranges ultimately.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically, basically, you know, everything that you said, it's, it's just like a, a a different mindset a little bit, I feel like. You know, you you know more about, you know, the film work stuff that than than I do, but I'm the same way. I've always been intrigued by film work, I've always been a big movie guy. I've watched tons and tons of movies and I always look at like, you know, how they're shot or what angles they're using, how the lighting is and things like that. Still to this day, like I'll I'll sit down and watch a movie and be like oh they shot a wide angle here or a close up here or a medium shot things like that so every day i appreciate the filmmaking aspect also i think it's it's super dope so
0: i think so too but the the closer i get to it and the more i deal with both mediums i almost have landed on the idea that Telling stories in a motion picture format is a lot more forgiving because yeah. you have multiple, multiple
1: chances to like reshoot it exactly and, like that. and Instead,
0: mul- multiple chances yeah. to tell your story. And Absolutely. even if that wide shot didn't do it, that close up's going to do it because yeah. of the emotion. Absolutely. That 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 the talent gives, the actor gives to your camera because you just but, say
1: cut and then say. We gotta reshoot this.
0: Well, and and not even necessarily from an from when you see it in an editorial or 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 from a, a capture standpoint, but from from an editorial standpoint, you have you have these crutches. Mm-hmm. Like if I couldn't tell that story in a wide shot, then I have this medium shot that can hedge my bet a little bit and can
1: bolster my story. So basically, be like your safe shot, pretty much.
0: It, yes yeah, or, yeah. or 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 I have three different framings and three different performances to get mm-hmm. my point across whereas with still photography you get have one, one single yep. frame, one frame to tell the entire story yep. and I think that is a harder needle to thread <laughs> and I can't it's believe odd. I'm saying that <laughs> because I I have because I've ultimately been so uh such an elitist about filmmaking well, my been, whole life been, you're yeah, teaching you're, me shit right <laughs> now
1: man i i try like i said you know i i've been doing it for a little bit but not like super long but i just really love capturing images and like we we said is emotion things like that like still to this day like when i go shoot a concert or something like that i immediately go back home and like i want to look at these pictures yeah i still do that to this day sure and it's just because the passion and, you know, how much effort and time I, I, I put into it.
0: And it's almost like you, you go and you shoot this stuff because I've shot some still photography yeah. and I'm not great at it because I have a different like I, I have a different mindset yeah. when I'm shooting this yeah. stuff. I, I think like you can do shoot, it, though. I don't know. I'm, I, I could probably do the framing part and the lighting part and all that. But When you go and and set out to to shoot these moments or to capture these moments, you have to be there first. Mm -hmm. You have to be there to capture the moment. Be present. You have to be present. You have to be patient. Absolutely. Because the moment's not going to happen just because you pulled the camera up to your eyeball, (laughs) and you don't get to choose sometimes Mm -mm. what when that moment is going to happen. And so, you're not necessarily. At least in the cases that we're talking about, you don't necessarily have control over what is happening in front of the lens. And so you have to be able to, as best you can, represent with the most emotion possible the moment. And that is hard mm-hmm. because you because not only do you have to be there, be pressing the button when that happens – you also have to, you know, technically be savvy when that happens, but there's instinct yeah, that
1: comes to it too. Gotta be able change you gotta be able to make changes on the fly.
0: Yeah, you do, because it's not gonna happen again Mm-mm. in some cases. But I, I, I think now as um as a participant in the world of visual storytelling, I think I can I think I can contend and probably stand behind that. That you can't manufacture emotion in a, in a commensurate way that you can capture it when it really happens, and there's a lot more that comes to capturing that moment, or there's a lot more uh, there's a lot more instinct and a lot more feeling that comes into capturing that moment. Than there is to, you know, manufacturing it in front of the camera to where you you just have to make pretend, and then you have the the crutch of editing it together with a bunch of other stuff that you've shot <laughs> <laughs> to to make that emotion happen, and all I I I, th- I think that the I think that the ability to know where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be, capturing that moment, and then having the drive and the curiosity to then go back and look and say, which one of these thousand shots that I took of this one thing, which one of these thousand static images that I just took of the same thing happening, which one of these tells the story the best that is also
1: a, a a skill. Absolutely. That and very time-consuming too. <laughs> absolutely.
0: Maybe more so than editing video, but it, it comes down to taste. Mm-hmm. So. Something and I and I hate to keep bringing your brother up because no, I no because I, I just I respect the shit out of him. So do I. Think I.
1: He, <laughs> I respect the hell out of him. One hundred percent.
0: Yes, and I think he's one of the most prolific visual artists that I've ever had the privilege of coming in contact with. Yeah. But to me, that is the thing that I have that that has gravi- that, that is that has drawn me to his work the most is that his taste. And he's no, a ch-
1: chilled down to earth guy too, on top of that. Sure. Like it, you can but it go takes, to him, but it
0: takes more than that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But it
0: takes being, it It takes being able to decide whether or not this is good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know if it's, if it's, you know, hereditary or what, but I feel like you have to have that too. <laughs> like yeah. you have that <laughs> to, to be able to decide whether or not this is a, a good thing that I just captured and being able to have the discernment to decide uh, or 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 to to choose something as good and to decide which story you want to tell. Because when mm-hmm. you capture a thousand images, you get to pick from a thousand things of what tells this story, but you also have the burden of taking a thousand images yeah. and saying, What is this story? and which one of these thousand things represents it the
1: best. Yeah. I'm like still to this day, even my wife will get on to me for it. I'm my own worst critic. Have every single day, man. It, it it never fails. Every every photo, like any work I do, I just feel like I can do this better. Uh, okay, this is what I didn't do correct. This is how I'm going to fix it next time. I I kind of beat myself up at times because I expect so much out of myself because I went through hell and back to get to this point. So I want to do it right the first time and always improve and just get better and better. I just puts like I said so much pressure on myself.
0: So is there like is there a moment that you look back to when you're doing the work that you do that motivates you to do the best job you possibly can. You hear about people growing up and being poor and them saying, I never want to be poor again. So I'm going to, I'm going to work my ass off to make this right. Like, is there a moment to you where you say, I don't ever want to go back to that? Or what is, what is the, what is the motivating
1: force that keeps you creating your art? So it was just working all like like I said earlier working all the shitty jobs man <laughs> cuz I I was just miserable and I wanted to change my ways and change myself as a human being also, you know, do something that I enjoy because, you know, that's half the battle. You know, in life, and we're only here for so long, so you might as well find, you know, something that you in, enjoy doing at the end day like I respect the shit out of like the nine to five people and things like that, but I'm creating a different path. That's the path that, you know, I didn't want and I'm not choosing to do. So I decided to just go full fledged with, you know, what I'm doing right now. And I respect the hell out of everybody does nine to five. I know it has to happen. It's, it's, they gotta be
0: there. The bank has to be open when you go to do your business. You know,
1: Yeah. But I just kind of just, basically created my own own path and I'm, and I'm still doing that I do that day in day out so
0: is there a like
1: a sense of gratitude
0: that you check in with when you're working like man I'm doing the thing I set out to do and, Dude, I'm, and I'm not still, bussing tables
1: yeah it's still surreal to me to this day you know I've gotten the opportunity to you know travel the country and things like that with the work that I do and i kind of take it all in like you know if i'm at the hotel or like out in the field doing a shoot i'm like shit i'm present and i'm doing this damn thing right now too yeah it's surreal it's kind of like a euphoria experience that i get sometimes really yeah i kind of have to like stop and like collect myself a little bit yeah i
0: i feel like i you know i try not to be guilty of it
1: probably guilty of it
0: yeah of like complacency, (laughs) or not complacency necessarily but like a lack of gratitude of like
1: and just being like content and just sure you're just used to the norm waking up you know taking a shower going to work traveling you know in traffic getting off work going back home things like that it's just it's just a norm thing now
0: well it's that whole Thing I have to remind myself every morning when I have to wake up at five a.m. to go catch a sunrise uh, yeah, on right a shoot. It's you. like, man, I'm I'm not digging ditches right now. Yeah, and not, that's a hard, hard pour one. concrete. Exactly, <laughs> and and that's a a very like I would love a guy to come over to my house and pour concrete right now. And same I'd here. Pay him well <laughs> for yeah, it. I pay him well, especially <laughs> he's he really good too. <laughs> I can't do it, so yeah. I would be I would be great with it. But th- there's that like. It it does become a grind. Like it, it mm-hmm. the the work becomes everybody thinks that making visual art or making, you know, motion pictures, still photography is this glamorous business. But there is a shit ton of work that goes into into creating it. And I mean, so the I think post
1: production stuff too that they're about.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All the Lightroom stuff that yep. I'm sure you do and all the color balancing and and, yep. and all that that takes longer then actually capturing Set, it
1: settings things like that you know yeah. to get the way the way that you want it to look
0: absolutely so. and I, I i fall into this trap myself uh, because i'm i think ultimately passionate about the work and i want it to be good it bec- it it becomes a job just like everything else just like digging ditches or putting roofs on a house yeah. like it it becomes something to where you're so dug into it that it becomes it becomes a legitimate vocation and and then you fall into that you you fall into that maybe lack of gratitude of not pinching yourself every now and then and saying
1: yeah, i I, mean, I
0: really do get to make art i get to make things that they get to tell a story and get to influence people's emotions yeah. and it it is a privilege ultimately i think
1: yeah. I mean, so, sometimes like when you get that mindset, you know, you're so busy, you got, you know, deadlines and things like that, you know, once you get those deadlines out and you feel like you got, you know, flustered or something like that, it's always good to take a step back every once in a while and just recollect yourself and then attack that next thing, you know, full force because you got like a little, you know, mini vacation or just mini break from all the crazy stuff that's going on, you know, between jobs and things like that. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to take a step back. And I I do that at times, you know, I'm, I'm super busy right now. I I told my wife, I was like, I'm just super stressed out. She's like, why? I was like, because I got all these edits to get out. I got to do, you know, several other things also on top of that. And it's just sometimes a lot for me to handle, but it's what I chose to do. So I there's there's no turning back for me at all. So, do you still love it? Dude, every single damn day. I I mean you couldn't pay me to, you know, go back and and do the stuff that I had to do like before I decided to pursue this career. I guess, you know, through heartache and, you know, just all the stuff that was going on. I just attack it 110%. And even if it's, you know, too aggressive, sometimes I'll, I'll you know, take a step back. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not going to quit. So have you had to travel a lot? Yeah. Travel I mean, a lot. Yeah. That's how I
0: feel like that is. The I, ox- I always
1: wanted to travel too. I really? always wanted to. Yeah. My, my dad traveled a lot, you know, in the bank banking business, he flew all over the country. So I always thought that was cool when I was a little kid. He he get on an airplane, things like that. And uh I remember one time he took us to the airport and the you know company had like a company jet and things like that, and he took me inside like, you know, private jet. And I was like, this is what you fly on. This is awesome. <laughs> I want to do this. Come to find out, I know nothing about finances whatsoever or the banking industry. So I, I do feel like it
0: is a bit of a it, it's a bit of confirmation that you're doing the right thing trying if to. people are willing to travel you somewhere where they cannot find someone else to do the job as well as you can it, I've always even when I was in my early 20s and, and people were flying me over, all over the country to do and all over the world to do work for them I I always held that as like they're invested in you, invested in me, but also as a little bit of proof that I'm not, uh, that that I that I'm not an imposter. Because if everybody could do what I do,
1: then they would find
0: it. somebody local to do that. local, yeah. But it is worth them <sighs> traveling me to another locale because. I can do the job better than than somebody local
1: can, or because, or or because you just have a a, a better. I mean, personality goes a long ways too. You that's know, you're, true. You're, you're more easy, approachable, things like that. Sometimes, yeah, and
0: and somewhat a known uh, in in some cases a known quantity is better than taking a chance on somebody that you don't know mm-hmm. but that always for me was like an that was almost a uh like a signal to me and my own insecurity that i was worth i i was worth the price of admission i was i was <laughs> yeah. you know i'm really doing what what i'm what i have set out to do if if people are if people believe in me enough or people think that the work that i'm doing is good enough yeah. to bring me with them
1: what so what is that what exactly made you get into filmmaking was that like an early age
0: yeah yeah um i mean
1: all you being in the movies and things like that no i wasn't like really?
0: i yeah i was always like theater driven i always wanted to perform so like
1: improv stuff and all that jazz and- so,
0: later in life after i moved to la in my when i in my late teens i moved to la when i was 19 lived there for two years Dude, that's and, every
1: high school kid's dream right now yeah it was <laughs> my it was LA. it was
0: my dream too and i and i did it and i don't regret it at all because i i i think Exactly what you said. Ever that's when you should do it. <laughs> you yeah. know when you, when you don't, when you don't have a family that you have no responsibilities. Support. Exactly. That's when you. That I, I think that's when you should do that type of thing. But 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 for me, it was the the performing arts stuff. The the I mean, theater was was for me a big deal growing up. I always loved to perform, and I always loved the amount of emotion that you could that you could put out there and you could take in when you saw either a you know live performance or anything else any any other kind of on-screen performance and and when i was young i got in front of the camera a little bit for for you know i had an agent growing up and i was doing like damn you we were like Big time, <laughs> not, really. not big time,
1: but you were being super serious about it. Yeah, I was
0: yeah. because because I knew it's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to LA, it was for that reason because I wanted to continue to tell stories with my with you know whatever kind of emotion I could portray. And because of like honestly survival, I got on the other side of the camera because it, there were more opportunities there, and I just kind of took my took my storytelling sensibilities onto the other side of the camera and that's what just I just kind of slowly waded into that <laughs> into that <laughs> world of of telling stories from the other side of the camera and I'm 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 ultimately g- glad I did uh because I'm you know I'm not handsome enough to be a to be to be an actor now so yeah, <laughs> it kind of worked you, out you, for me
1: you and me both that that's the same mentality I have like that's a, I'll say that this is the reason why I'm behind the camera, not in front front of the camera, is because I feel more comfortable. There's with a lot of good looking
0: people out there that photograph <laughs> oh, a dude, lot yeah. better.
1: I, I I photograph like I do a lot of like high school stuff, like senior portraits and things like that. And some people just have that you know look where I don't have to do anything; they can just sit there, sit up straight, turn their chin a little bit towards me, and bam, it, it's it's perfect. Is
0: is that like a uh, almost a i don't know and uh, since you went to youtube university is the high school portrait thing almost kind of like a more learning or more like practical applying practical knowledge yeah, deal I, to you
1: yeah i mean it's does it help you ultimately yeah with your with your medium yeah absolutely like it just it gives me another aspect on how to shoot stuff uh sometimes there's some some kids and things like that are just you know there's Basically, what am I trying to say? It's hard for them to take like direction and things like that. Yeah. So sometimes, you but know, that
0: probably sharpens your chops too a oh, little absolutely, bit of having yeah. to
1: like actually dig
0: in and work well, I, to get
1: I, what you need out of exactly because I need I need the image to look a certain way because I don't want mom or dad calling school to be like why does my son look ridiculous you know why is he looking up in the air and not you know directly in front of them like a camera so try to try to uh you know make sure mom and dad get a good picture you know for the yearbook that's a that <laughs>
0: is such a smart way to like take it back to the basics mm-hmm. and get and like really hone your craft yeah that's really smart I, <laughs> dude I, I respect the hell out of that <laughs> it's tough dude at times it really is so so what are some uh some things it, since the last time we've sat in these two chairs that's together a long time
1: <laughs> know, it really feels like before it.
0: the pandemic so long
1: ago man
0: <laughs> so what are like the what are the 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 moments for you that have kind of been i guess highlights or you know career moments for you because i know you photograph all kinds of things across yeah. all different disciplines and and all that, but what have what have been your like big moments like since like, the last time you sat here, like like
1: a gig wise,
0: yeah, or I mean even like creatively or career fulfilling.
1: Uh, so like we talked earlier that uh, Second Bell Music Festival with Big Boy, yeah, and you were there. I was there, yeah. <laughs> you were there. I saw you. Um, I
0: didn't want to bother you. Dude, I told I wanted you to come, come up and
1: say what's up. I know, I wanted to give you a
0: hug, but I, I was know, like- I you could have. I was like, let the man cook.
1: <laughs> I like it, I like it. <laughs> um, I have always, I was always a big outcast fan. Yeah, how could you not be? Like, AT Aliens, all that shit, man. I still listen to, to this day, and basically it was like, I want to shoot Big Boy. And, you know, contacted, you know, people for the festival and things like that. And they're like, yeah, come on with it. So I was like, all right, cool. And I literally got there. Well, shit. When when did it start? Like at five or something like that? I can't remember.
0: What? The five big boy show? Or? No, no, no. The
1: actual festival.
0: Yeah, I think it started in the early afternoon on a yeah. Saturday, maybe. Yeah,
1: it was something like that. And
0: Big Boy closed it down Sunday yeah. night? Is that yeah. right?
1: Yeah, it was Sunday night, yeah.
0: Or it might have been a Friday, Saturday. But but regardless, like, it was a two-day festival.
1: Yeah, it was a two-day festival. I, I went to the night that I knew Big Boy was there. So I literally shot all the other bands you know, throughout the day and things like, things like that. And then I was like, I won't say for Big Boy. Yeah. And, and shoot him. And then basically, you know, security told us, you know, hey, this is, you know, how many songs you can shoot. Because, you know, he's a big name artist and things like that. Sure. So he has, you know.
0: Did he give you first three? Is that what he what he did? So first what, three
1: songs? So what happened was he gave us first three, but they also gave us like additional like two or three songs out after that too
0: well that was a whole damn show because yeah only it was a whole was- damn show yeah pretty much it was like
1: it was actually like half the show to be honest yeah and i was like oh shit i could shoot more pictures of him i was like score so Were i was like, laying on the trigger just like dude. i probably took i'll try to remember the number i think i took about a thousand plus photos of him really yeah for that whole entire performance you should have yeah and I was super giddy, you know, with watching him perform all these fucking dope classics, man, that yeah. I love and grew up on for yeah. my brothers and things like that, because I always I'd, you know, steal their CDs and listen to them or they'll buy me, you know, the parental advisory CD. And then um, you know, after he told us we can't shoot anymore, I put my camera up, dude and i just jammed the hell out the entire time dude yeah. i was just getting down i think at one point like one of the guys was filming or something and like filmed me just like just getting after it dude just because was playing like some i don't know uh throw your hands in the air if you true player like like that old school song. He yeah. played that. Oh yeah, Oh yeah, <laughs> And then he played Rosa Parks. And when he played Rosa Parks, I lost my shit.
0: Were you still in the photo pit for this, or were you? No, I,
1: it was. It was after we were done. Okay,
0: so they cleared out the photo they cleared pit. Out
1: photo pit. You can't take any more pictures. Yeah, get I out. Just Put my shit up. And I was like, I'm going to experience this and have fun. Drink a couple beers, things like that, and just vibed out because i I mean i was there by myself to be honest i didn't know anyone there i didn't even know you were there to be honest (laughs) and uh i saw like a couple people here and there but it's just like you know just like you know people passing through that you know have known me before and things like that but i just wanted to get down you know just by myself and have some fun and like I was drenched in sweat too the entire time. Was that from done. the
0: photos or was no, that it was from just the, after from... I got
1: done working, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "It's time to have some fun now." Because I'm, I love music so much. It's it, it's a huge, a part of me and like motivation. Like I was to so many different genres and, and kinds of music, and I can thank Curtis because of that. Because he introduced me to all that stuff when I was a little kid. So. <laughs> yeah, so to this day I, I still listen to a bunch of stuff you know he listens to and you know he introduced me to. so are you into the
0: edm scene or like I, the the ambient world I groove mean, like your brother I, is because he is big into that shit
1: man. no i mean he, he he does like it and i i appreciate it it's just like i can only take it in small doses you know yeah. i can't listen to it like all day every day like i I like to listen to a lot of like ambient trance music and things like that because that's really good editing music too sure because i have like two big ass subwoofers in my office and i'll just blare you know let's say i don't know if you heard of them above and beyond you know i'll blare the shit out of them while i'm editing just because it's just good music to like vibe to and relax too and just gets the you know creative mojo going for the most part so
0: Dude, your brother is always sending me some like
1: yeah we, I, I do the same with him too some yeah. some good i'll like, send you some stuff too really yeah i'll send you some stuff he's sending me good focus music yeah uh i got all that stuff
0: yeah that that's uh whatever your brother paints to whatever curtis paints to that's what you need to be listened to. No, while that's what you I edit. listen to, dude, while I edit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, when you, like, I'll have headphones in while I'm on, like, shoots and things like that. If it's, like, you know, like a concert, things like that, just because I kind of get, I, I want to be focused and get in, like, that zen type mode while I'm doing work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, one of my favorite movies of all time is with, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Meg Ryan and Kevin Costner. Is called For Love of the Game. Yeah. And, you know, when he pitches, he says, clear the mechanism and i've actually caught myself saying that to myself just to get focus and things like that so i just like i cancel everything around me the only thing that i care about is that camera in my hand your finger on the trigger finger on the trigger <laughs> and what's happening in front of me everything else is a distraction everything else is bullshit around me the entire time I have very recently delved into the world of uh, concert capture. And it's so dope. I love it. It is so cool, man. It, it, it tell, Every picture tells a story, man. And you don't get a chance to recreate it. Nope. It, it, it's
0: there. It's happening. You have the access you have. You have the opportunity to capture it that you have. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you and what is in your hands to get it and yep. to get the best story you can. Yeah at that moment because you don't get another chance you don't get back in the photo pit for for the next set you don't get back in the photo pit for the fourth song and i i didn't know that that kind of capture and storytelling existed honestly it, and on top of that it's it's a shit ton of pressure too it's but that's what i mean is that it's it's happening in a finite amount of time And you have what you have. You have the time that you have to capture that. And someone is relying on you to capture it. Someone is relying on you to get that
1: story. And the pressure is huge. It's overwhelming at times, to be honest. It it really is.
0: But it's an honor also.
1: Oh, I'm just happy as shit to be considered and be present there at at that point. Because when I'm there, that means... They like the stuff I do, and they trust me and have faith in order yeah. for me to produce, you know, good images and things like that. So, I take that, you know, deep deep inside to you know produce those images for the client or the artist and things like that. So, like, I give a shit because I'm I'm there for a reason. So, because you're good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm always improving. And you know, I always, I always want to get better. Like you I said, I, I still got a long ways to go. But if I keep going the route that I'm going, you know, who knows what what could possibly happen? So
0: it's really fascinating because. I think – I mean, and I'm going to compare what you and I do because I do end up in the photo pit. I do end yeah. up
1: in, in front of – Because you're doing media still at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah, it's just motion, right?
0: Yeah. So I do end up in front of Kendrick Lamar. I do end up in front That's of dope. major artists that I'm that I'm trying to capture. Do you freak out? No. <laughs> I don't because of cinematic immunity. Do you know about cinematic immunity? no. Nah, nah. When you're looking through an eyepiece, when you're looking through a viewfinder, when you're looking through a lens – nothing else in front of it oh you're not
1: focused on anything else it's not real okay yeah yeah yeah. it's not real i I do that it it exists
0: in the space that 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 you're that you're capturing or that you're going to look at later but like i swear to god a, a burning house you could be in the middle of a burning building looking through a viewfinder and a camera and be like oh that's beautiful you know like well everything's burning behind yes, you and like you have don't no, give a shit yeah. and you have <laughs> no it burn. yes and you have no idea that you're in danger because you're looking through a lens <laughs> that's that, some shit
1: I would do too
0: I know but that's to me that's like what I'm doing like I'm a spectator in this and I'm and I'm doing my craft or whatever it is yeah but I'm but I'm not necessarily really experiencing it as a human being I'm experiencing it as a creator as a you know someone who's 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 trying to tell a story, and and so it does seem somewhat not real in in yeah. some ways. Yeah. I forget where I was going with all that. <laughs> no, you're on a roll.
1: <laughs> I know. What, you you got me
0: you got me in there on the cinematic I know, community. You're in the zone, man. I know, I, you're in that zen
1: state, son.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely a an honor to To be able to be asked to to capture those kinds of things, though. absolutely, and to be able to tell that story for somebody, and whether that's a client or an artist or whatever it is, it's like I I feel a a definite I feel a definite um, duty yeah to represent and deliver yes yeah
1: yeah I mean I I feel I feel the exact same way like. I'm appreciative, appreciative of uh, everyone who decides to hire hire me for whatever gig it is, whether it's shooting for a new business that's opening or um, paintball stuff. So, yeah. So,
0: outside of, like, concert stuff, is there anything else that, like, gets you going? Is there anything else that's just really been a pinch me
1: moment for you? traveling the country shooting paintball events Really? Yeah, dude. It's so interesting
0: to me because I I almost see our music festival work that we do at Lock and Key as yeah. kind of that niche kind of thing. Yeah, it is. And yeah, people yeah. are like, "What do you why do you get so excited about that?" But I feel like that's the paintball thing for it's, you.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's the same same thing like I've been around it for so long since God, like 2001 like a very very long time and i made so many connections and so many you know great friends you know i played a lot you know back in the day i still play here and there but i rather do media because at the end of the day like i'm making money doing this instead of spending the money while i'm at the event (laughs) i'm actually coming home with money my wife you know is happy about it and you know Got to pay that mortgage, so yeah. <laughs> you know it, it's good when like you know I can go shoot like an event for a weekend. I'm like, well, there's my mortgage right there, so I don't have to use any other money or pick up any like other jobs. So I just go shoot that event and it, yeah, it's cool to have a
0: a skill set that can kind of be traded for. Mm-hmm. Real life things. Yeah. Like your mortgage for instance. <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: Credit card bills, things like that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. Car insurance. But to also be able to apply that to something that you believe in or that you're interested in is I think the big the big win for that whole situation. And I've somewhat found myself in the same situation because the music stuff that I shoot. I mean, in a lot of cases, I would really like to be there anyway. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And so I just happen to be uh, commissioned to be there, but also get to I have a, it too get to experience it, yeah. which I wanted to do anyway. Same here, yeah. But I also have a camera in my hand, which really I would like to do that anyway too. It's a win win. Tell me the lose. Tell yeah. me the, Tell me where I lose here. <laughs> tell me
1: something negative about this situation. <laughs> zero
0: (laughs) but to a lot of people it seems like well also not not just the the outsiders looking in and that this is kind of a weird niche thing but if you are a you know an artist or a paintball league like go find somebody that's as passionate about this craft as I am Mm -hmm. and try to find and try to and, and is as good as as I am not you know, not speaking in the first person necessarily, but speaking from, you know, someone who's trying to find a person to capture their, to capture their, their passion too. like, tell me where the Venn diagram of paintball enthusiast and professional photographer lines up. There ain't a lot of people in that no. overlap right <laughs> not now. At all. And there's so if none. you can find that person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of really good photographers in that industry. And I'm I'm good friends with you know some some of them. But how many of them are there? A dozen? Oh, not that many. Right? Yeah. Not at and all. it's a
0: and it's a multi billion dollar a year industry. Yeah. You know, so to find someone who can do do both things on the right level and be passionate about it is someone you want to grab a hold of, and it's yeah. an asset. It's a it, there's yeah. huge value there.
1: Yeah, that's that's the reason why I like a lot of the teams and things like that that hire me they they say Austin like. Of all the people that we we, we talk to and things like that, they say, you know, you put so much emotion and passion in the work that you do. That's the reason why we continue to hire you over and over and over. Because like when I go to these events, you know, sometimes I'm driving five to six hours to ten hours plus just to just to get there, man. Right? Like getting there is half the battle. And you wouldn't honest. do that if you didn't have the passion for it. Absolutely, I'd be, you know working one of my dead-end jobs that I was doing at the time. But there's a reason why I'm there. And when I do that stuff, it means that they trust me, they have faith in me, and at the end of the day, they support me. And that goes a long ways with me. So that's why I continue to do it. Like. I go to these events, whether it's in Florida, Texas, Ohio, things like that. I see so many people that come up to me and be like, I love your shit or hey, thanks for posting this photo and things like that. I love this photo. It's my profile picture or some shit like that. Do you feel kind of famous for a second? Dude, it's kind of a dope feel, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> it's kinda of cool, like especially like the ones that like know me and knew where I started to now that have like supported me i can't thank those people enough because they've been there since fucking day one dude like when i was just shit at whatever it was but i always wanted to get better and you know put my heart and soul and passion into it and all these people started recognizing things like that so that led me to you know get booked like i said for for events and things like that and then it just spiraled to you know other things out, outside of that too so and plus like you know i, I had one buddy I, I met him for the first time he's like man i met a bunch of photographers they've all been like assholes to me they're like i just met you and you're the one mo- you're like one of the most like down-to-earth people and i told him i was like well why were they you know being assholes to you He's like, I, I don't know. I was like, let me ask you this. You're a new person that I met, things like that. Why would I be an asshole to you? Right. Why? What what do I gain out of yeah. that? You Nothing. Have to, you have to train me to be an asshole. Exactly. You I have mean to I be... can be an asshole <laughs> to a certain extent. Like if you like, you know
0: if you're horrible, then yeah, I'll be an asshole yeah, to you.
1: Absolutely. You know, if you speak ill will about, you know, family or things like that, then you know, I'll 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 come, you know, barreling down. But it was just, I always took those things to heart. I always want to be like a people person and like always just be chilled down to earth with everyone that I meet. And some people, you know, take that, you know, as an advantage of things like that sometimes mm-hmm. or, ta- or take you for advantage is what I'm trying to say. But I just always stuck to my roots and, you know, just be true to myself and be who I am. So I appreciate the shit out of that <laughs> i do you're looking at me like no nah, man you're here. about to make me cry like your <laughs> your passion like Dude, I, don't know. I, I know like people the way i talk like to to my friends and like i said the people that know me like this is the same way i talk to them exact same way whether they've known me for a year or 15 years and that i i feel like that might
0: be Somewhat thankless, or it might go unnoticed at some point. I feel like it's
1: it's sometimes, yeah. I feel like it's a flaw at some point, but I
0: think that over a longevity, it's not unnoticed. Mm -hmm. Like it gets rewarded Mm -hmm. over the long term. I think so. I mean, at least I'm going to behave that way. Yeah, I'm going to do what's what's net right forever, and ultimately believe that i'm going to win because of that
1: <laughs> yeah i mean I, I mean at the end of the day just dude especially the times that we're in just being a good human being at the end of the day is like you said it goes a long ways it's it's it's, it's rare well it's getting more rare to you know find those types of people in the world because there's so many distractions so many other things going on like it's it's you it's know, not
0: as valued
1: as it was yeah people before. yeah people just don't care about it as much anymore i feel like and it's just it's kind of sad at times (laughs) but you're gonna win yeah eventually so
0: you do the right thing you're gonna win yeah i got one more question for you Uh uh-oh we talked over text and you said that there were some uh some stories since you've been here last from the freelance marketplace that you wanted to that you wanted to mention are there anything uh it, it, is there anything out there that
1: kind of crazy oh yeah uh so uh <laughs> for one of the payball events i went to texas so i, I guess I'll tell that story um shot the event got done with it
0: where was it in texas
1: it was right oh shit round rock round rock texas
0: that's like outside of austin
1: yeah like ish. 30 40 minutes From Austin. Yeah. Like a suburb. Yeah. Yeah. It was out out in the middle of nowhere. So, got done shooting the event and rushed back to my Airbnb because I had to be somewhere. So, I took a shower, put clothes on, and got an Uber and decided to go to Joe Rogan's new comedy club, The Mothership. Because How was it? It was epic. It was, hands down, one of the nicest buildings I've ever been in. And I was telling you earlier, like, I'm a diehard stand-up comedy fan. Like, I listen to all the podcasts. Who are your guys? Who are your Dude, favorite right. stand-up comics? Right. One's going to be Bill Burr. He's always a classic. Love Bill Burr. Uh he's got sh- that
0: New York edge to him.
1: Yeah, no, he he's awesome. He's been in the game for a long time. Uh... A newer guy, his name's Shane Gillis. Oh yeah, I know that guy. He's he's fucking hilarious. And then a uh, lot of people
0: say he's like he's on the come up, and he might yeah, be he's, like
1: he's blowing up right now. You know, it's it's all their friends and things like that. You know, on, on the podcast. But and a, then, a
0: lot of people think he's gonna actually be like left no, standing be, in yeah. you know, fifteen or twenty years when it's Absolutely. all said and done. Like he's got the chops, and he's
1: he's good. He's good. Is and he? and. Uh, Of course, Ron White, still doing it. Oh, he's he's, hanging out at the mothership, right? Yeah, he still comes out there and things like that. It's interesting
0: to me how he's done the, like...
1: The blue collar?
0: Well, yeah, the blue collar, tater salad, whole deal. And now he's sober, right? Isn't he... i I think he i think he did an ayahuasca journey
1: yeah he did and and
0: then and they told him to not drink for three weeks and he didn't and (laughs) then he went on the ayahuasca journey and then he came back and he never drank again after being like the whiskey drinking he was known
1: for that just being hammered on stage just telling jokes just making people just belly laugh yeah, but I think he's abandoned that lifestyle. I think he I think he. Oh I have
0: to bit. look it up. Yeah. Doug, do you
1: I'm, think he drinks still? Yeah, I think he has his own uh uh tequila. I think he does, yeah, but he has I, his own tequila. Man. I know,
0: but I think he's sober. I could be totally wrong. I could be totally he's wrong. He's
1: probably still in the sauce a little bit. You think? Yeah, yeah. He's I've seen some clips or whatever. I think, you know, I don't think that's water in the cup, to be honest. But so, it's his gag, right? Like yeah. it's his
0: old shtick. Yeah. like it could be it could just be a prop
1: yeah yeah i mean it could be and then let's see who who's another one that i love to listen to well
0: who was there when you went to the mothership in uh all
1: right so. in austin <laughs> which when was this by the
0: way because that club oh, hasn't been shit. open very long has it it's been open for less than six months right
1: hang on i'm gonna have to I'll look
0: look on your phone what yeah. was
1: it like in the winter no 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 it was recently it's like Couple weeks ago? No, like probably three or four months ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like the spring. Yeah, the spring. Hang on, I'm I'm pulling up right now. So it was April. Okay. Into April. Okay. That's when it was. Yeah, I had to pull it up because I was like, shit, I don't remember. (laughs) So there's two rooms at that club, right? Yeah. So there's like there's um, little boy and big boy. I think. Wait. Fat man.
0: Um, Little boy. No fat.
1: Yeah you're right they're named damn i butchered the shit out of it already they're (laughs) named
0: after the atomic bomb atomic bomb yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and so we went to the smaller room okay and what was
0: that experience like do you have
1: to buy tickets yeah we had to buy tickets so (laughs) like did you buy them in advance yeah we got them in advance and then they're like hey do you want vip it was like five bucks more where you could just like sit down at a table instead of like like in the crowd? In, in the crowd and things like that. We're like, hell so, yeah.
0: So was, was the crowd standing room only or were there seats? No, everyone's like sitting. Theater, yeah. theater yeah. style seating? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and yeah. there's tables, like cocktail tables Yeah, in cocktail the tables
1: everywhere. And
0: you got one of the cocktail tables.
1: Yeah, we got one of the cocktail. It was like a booth. It was like a U-shape, Um, like.
0: Oh, like a, okay, a Booth style yeah, seating yeah, yeah, yeah. all the way around. Yeah, and, and then, you were like, against the, the wall table right there.
1: Yeah, against the wall. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you had like a server that would bring you drinks and things like that. And, was the, was the room full? Oh, dude, there's a shit ton of people there. How many? Uh, I probably say, that's the smaller room, so probably say like, at least like a hundred people. I wanna say that doesn't seem like many. Well, it's it's the smallest room at at, yeah. at that club, so, so it's it was real super intimate. intimate. How yeah. many tables were there? Uh, let's see, Let count. You were at one, two, one of them. One. so VIP. Where I was sitting, at, I remember one, two, three, four. Okay, and
0: they were all in the same wall.
1: Yeah, they're all in the same wall, and then okay. you had the people sitting um, in front of you with you know tables around them also, but they were more like. You know, they were closer the to the stage, yeah, yeah, yeah So you had yeah. a layer of
0: people in front of you exactly. on the stage, yeah, yeah, but you yeah, were still kind of close, like yeah, stage was, right it was super close or because, stage
1: left. Yeah, because the because uh, the stage is so small. And How many
0: comics were there?
1: So I went to an open mic night. It was Sunday. Oh, so Sunday there were a night. ton of them. Yeah, so we saw like you know everybody from like the door guys to people oh, up and yeah. coming, and then like a couple big acts came on. I love that comedy
0: clubs, like you have to work I could your live way there. in.
1: I could live there. Could. I would be there every single day. Like I fall, I follow all that stuff and I see all like the videos and the people who are there. I'm like, man, I want to see him.
0: I like the, the idea that you work your way up through like the underbelly of the club. Yeah. You don't necessarily just come on stage and kill it. And now
1: you're Dude, so a hard. regular.
0: Yeah. And so the fact that they're let that they have door guys come up and like they pr- fill time is yeah,
1: awesome. Yeah, that they, they strive on that. Like they like want their door guys to be up and comers, you know, in the comedy game. Well like, they
0: they need programming to fill. Like they need yeah. stage time to fill up. So why not make that a position at the club where a hungry comic can There's some good find, people, dude, out can there can find
1: a, a way to work. There was there's some good people. Good comics, yeah, dude. That are you know that I never even heard of. They're just killing it, dude. It's it, it, it's I appreciate the shit out of it because I look at it as like you know what I do. It's an art form. Also, what we do, that's another art form. Getting on stage, being able to tell that story and things like that. You know, it's 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 the same principle, dude. I feel like our version of it is the introverted way to do it, absolutely. And yeah, I feel yeah. like that <laughs>
0: version of it is the extroverted way to do yeah, it. And yeah, and it might be. You know, exhibiting art in its own way, but it's, it's just like two separate facing ways to, to do it. Ultimately, you can either talk to the people or you can speak for the people. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of a, I don't know, happy mask, sad mask in the, in the <laughs> drama world, like the theater world, you yeah. know, it's like, <laughs> It's just two different ways to skin the cat.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. So, you know, saw all the uh, open micers come up, do their thing. They killed it. And then the very last person to close out the show was Tony Hinchcliffe.
0: How was that?
1: That that human being is a straight savage. Really, He is... Like, he gives no fucks. Fewer fucks than what, anybody yeah, ever? What comes out of his mouth, he doesn't give a damn. And I, I've always loved him for that. And he's caught a lot of, you know, shit for it, for sure. But I, I always appreciate because he's really, really dark with his humor. And I'm kind of in the same way. You know, I have a sense of dark humor. I can blame uh, my brother for that a little bit. So, but i've Uh, also seen
0: evidence of that yeah
1: i'm I'm pretty sure you've seen it too so (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) the cat salad bag so but um so he got up there tony hinchcliffe yeah tony hinchcliffe and uh one of my buddies was there with me because he got the tickets and like one of his friends and before he came up we were drinking nothing but manhattans or old-fashioned my bad sorry $15 Manhattan's at the club. Yeah. And I was about two or three Manhattan's deep. So I was feeling really good. And I was like pumped for him to come up on stage. And my buddy ends up getting super, super trashed. And this motherfucker decides to heckle Tony Hinchcliffe.
0: I bet that didn't turn Which out is well for him.
1: the one thing that you don't do at a comedy show on top of that. And and plus, it's Tony Hinchcliffe. He's going to destroy you, anything you say to him. And what happened? Destroyed that? him. Yeah, exactly that. And he kept going, too. He kept heckling him. I was like, dude, I was like, shit. I was like, Sit, I'm sitting next to you, things like that. You got me the ticket. And I was like, damn it. I was like, I hope he doesn't say anything to me, things like that. I was just like sitting sitting there, like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Well, basically, he did it for so long that they escort him out during the show. <laughs> Isn't that one of the rules there? Is no heckling? Heckle, yeah, you can't heckle at all. And then you can't have your cell phone either. You put it in a little bag thing. So you can't like record, right. you know, the sets and things like that because they want you to enjoy the show
0: i'm kind of fine with those rules it's dope i honestly. loved it
1: i thought i thought i was gonna hate it but like i was so excited to be there and things like that that i didn't i didn't care about a damn cell phone i was i literally traveled 13 hours to you know come do this this is all on my bucket list on top of that too right and you know he gets he gets escorted out and i'm like fuck this i'm staying here dude <laughs> i'm not leaving this and he was still on stage and i was like i'm not gonna walk out on, on tony tony hinchcliffe just because your buddy got kicked yeah, just out Yeah, because my buddy got kicked out and <laughs> i thought i was gonna get like dragged in the middle of this were you sitting by yourself in the vip at yes point? i was actually okay. I, i've yeah. got
0: the picture painted yeah. i was wondering yeah <laughs> that's and, what was happening
1: and, and and you know tony being a good guy and things like that like he didn't say anything t- to me or like you know basically like did not what's the word i'm trying to find like single me out because it was one of my buddies but i was i was waiting for it i was prepared for i was like shit he's just gonna roast the fuck out of me i'm sitting here by myself all these people were staring at our booth things like that but he never did he just went on with his show he's
0: probably not gonna wear you because he knew i was
1: cool like he knew i wasn't the one you know causing no no he you just were
0: minding your own business you weren't yeah, yelling, at what, yeah, you yelling, yelling at him if you no. had been yelling at him he, he would have said like your
1: buddy was yeah he said get the hell out too that's poor form i think yeah 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 okay. but i i i ended up watching the show by myself so <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: probably had just as enjoyable of an experience as you oh, would I, have i
1: i was otherwise laughing my ass off like still because like you know that happened, and like the show got stopped and everything, dude. Really? Yeah, because
0: your buddy was that out of hand. Yeah,
1: he just he just got oh. out of hand, dude. What is that all about? I don't know. Like it, it was some like like joke that you know he wasn't comfortable with, or like one of our friends that was with us wasn't comfortable with. Which uh, I respect that. Which you know I respect it.
0: Yeah, but you can't come to a comedy show and get offended.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't like, think it's it's allowed. Yeah. Like, you have to wave that right when you walk into the door. Yeah.
0: Anybody. That's part of the craft, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, even if they make fun of you, it's not like, you know, it's it's a part of the show, dude. Like, they're not, they don't mean it. Unless, you know, you act a fool, then maybe.
0: No, it's all the, it's all
1: manufacture manufacturer laugh. Yeah. Like, a song, like also as as I'm laughing and having fun you know that's that's why I'm there you know to watch someone that's been doing it for so long make make me laugh so it it was a blast and you know then after that fiasco happened then basically uh you know cruise around sixth street because I experienced that so it's a lot of fun.
0: That's where the club is, right? Isn't Dude, that? Dude, there's where,
1: so many. Bar, it's nothing but like bar after bar after bar. Yeah. Like imagine like the old city, but like ten times like more bars and just more shit well, to do. It's
0: also in like row houses in certain spots. Like oh there's yeah, some stuff that you're like this is a residential house. It's like yeah. no, it's actually a bar. Yeah, it's walk, a bar. Yeah. walk in, have a good time.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I think
0: that club. I think the mothership is in the old Alamo Draft House, maybe. That was on. So sixth? it
1: used to be. So it used to be like Old Ritz. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because it still has like the Ritz sign, and he and he wanted to keep that sign because it was nostalgic. You know. That to, was probably
0: longer ago. Yeah. Than the Alamo Draft House, yeah. which was recent. Like yeah, like yeah, yeah. It was,
1: before, it was before. It was before. It's probably like in the. Oh, don't quote me on it. Like. 40s, 50s. I don't know something like that. Neon
0: light rig. They still have it out front. Yeah. Yeah, cool. it's still
1: it's still there and everything. So, I want to go back so bad, so bad, because I just love It's that good. To yeah, because so many people come there too. But
0: it's become a mecca a little bit. Oh yeah, everyone's. I have thought about too. going just because. Well, not even as a place to live, but as a place to visit. Like I've
1: it's stopped. so sweet to visit. I'm not. I'm. It's you'd have too much fun. Like if you and I went down on Sixth Street, there's no telling. You know what would happen I mean I I, I've seen like like I've seen stuff on like YouTube and things like that like just people beating the shit out of each other on sixth street just people going crazy like it's all a different world out there and I got that feeling like while I was down there really yeah dangerous it was kind of dangerous a little bit really yeah Yeah, dude there's so many people it was like and then like south by southwest was like the week before that so they had shit ton of people there for that thing Hmm. like a week or week or two something like that So, but it was pretty, pretty calm night, but I was like, man, I can imagine this place being like just balls to the wall. It'd be mayhem.
0: I guess the last time I was there, it was really, I don't know, not that grown up or something. It's been a few years. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: like, yeah, it's like, I noticed like, you know, the ages, things like that. It was a variety of, of, you know, anywhere from twenties to like forties, just everyone have a good time.
0: I miss it, man. Hadn't hadn't been to Austin in a minute. I got to go. You need to go.
1: Check it out. You'll you'll have a blast. Yeah. I guarantee you (laughs) that. I'm glad we got to do this. Dude, it's been a blast, man.
0: Yeah. Appreciate you being here. i
1: always listen and subscribe. Thank you.
0: We'll see you next time you you come on out. Yeah, for sure. Shouldn't be long from now. (laughs) Love you, man.
1: Love you too, buddy. Take care. Appreciate everything. Thanks, man.